0: Good morning. Buenos dias. Welcome to the uh, Mighty Metro Region broadcast. Uh, We're here in uh, Metro Studios. It's Sunday morning and uh, we're uh, gathering virtually from all over uh, Los Angeles County as the Metro Region. But also I want to send greetings to all of you who are watching from across the world and uh, around the world and across California. I know we have a lot of Friends with us, uh, and neighbors, and family. Hey, John and Gloria, and uh, I got family all over watching, and it's good to be together this morning, even if it's only by virtual uh, knowledge. Knowing that you're there, knowing that you guys are there, I hope you can see and hear well. Um, I'm excited about spending some time in the Word of God. There's just nothing like getting into the Bible. Uh, This morning, we've got a good little study, good little Bible study. I think it's going to help us. and encourage us all. Um, we're, we're here in the metro region. We're we're going to a new shift in that. Uh, we're after these broadcasts. We're going to uh, virtual meetings through Skype and Zoom, and that's where we'll handle a lot of our uh, details from announcements and contribution communion, all that kind of stuff uh, in detail. But uh, I will close it out today with a communion prayer um, for those of us who are taking communion after this. But uh, the less the title. It's surviving the new normal, and uh, just some spiritual thoughts on what that means, and uh, some spiritual direction on how we are to conduct ourselves in these times, uh, the definitely times of uncertainty, uh, just extraordinary times. You know, uh, uh, the, you never saw this before, right? A guy pushing a cart and uh, full of toilet paper. We have a new definition of wealth, you know, being loaded with TP, <laughs> Um the The new normal that we're living in, you know, stores uh, closing down already, companies shutting down. Uh, it's a scary time because some of us we don't know what our future employment situation is going to be like. We don't know uh, what our future paychecks going to look like, and so there is a uh, rather large amount of uh, concern and worry about the future and what's what's going to happen in all the different ways that this is impacting us. And then of course we have a steady flow of information of, uh, deaths around the world and, and people, uh, getting the virus around the world already over 13,000 deaths. And, and some of the countries that we need to absolutely have in our prayers, like Italy and Spain and China and, uh, Iran and different, different places where this virus is particularly at a peak hurting people. And, uh, and these are all people we care about, as well as we have uh, members of our church in a lot of these cities and places that we need to particularly have in prayer as well. It's a it's a massive change. It's, it's almost uh, hard to fathom how big this is. Uh, none of us have ever been through this. None of us have ever been through something on this scale. We may have been through... Disasters, I've been through a lot of des- disasters, hurricanes, terrorism, uh, lots of different situations, natural disasters, man-made disasters. But none of them come even close to the scale of what we're all going through right now. Uh, massive changes in economy, our work, our churches, the mobility, lack of mobility, financially, uh, financial future, socially, what we can and cannot do. Education as universities and schools are closing down and social events, sports, culture, relationship, death, employment, unemployment, financial ruin, retirement, and and the effects of all that. That it is affecting either directly or indirectly ourselves and those we care about. Anxiety, depression, fear, worry, anger, frustration, doubt, stress, panic, loneliness, discouragement, exhaustion, trauma, grief, sorrow, heartache, sadness. All this is swirling around us. And, uh, and so it's incredibly important that we stop and center ourselves with the Lord, that we stop and look to God, that we take a deep breath and we connect with the Lord. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is peace. This is shalom. This is this is balance in God. This is strength in the Lord. And we have to uh, take this time, in particular, to set our hearts and our minds and uh, focus on God. Let the worries and the anxieties of the world uh, wash away. And um, really, I, I didn't want this to be a surviving lesson, but more a thriving over surviving. You know, a time to, to grow, a time to uh, develop skills with God and our walk with God and our relationships. It is a testing and refining time for sure what we're going through. But it's also a time of discovery and develop, a development. And it can be really a great time spiritually. Oftentimes our best prayers and our best Bible study is when there's a lot of bad things happening, when we're suffering even, when when things are hard or when things are tough. And honestly, the Bible is a book of people thriving in difficult situations, whether it was Abraham going to a foreign country, or Moses escaping Egypt, or Joshua conquering a new land, or David taking on Goliath, or on and on. I can go on and on and on and on. Uh, Daniel in a foreign country. Esther rising up to the challenge. and uh, There's so many great stories, and all of them, the reason they're great and the, and the reason there's so much greatness to be inspired by is because the times were tough and they were difficult. So I want to help us set our minds and our hearts and, uh, you know, be what we want to be, right? Next year, what would you like to be said about this time? What would you, what, what will your story be when you share? Remember last year when we went through this and this and this and that? Uh, what do you want to be able to share about that time? What did you do? What did you, how did you handle it? How did you respond? And how we respond makes all the difference in the world. Our mindset, our heart set, how we approach things uh, makes all the difference in the world, how we get through this time period. There's a classic story of two frogs in a milk pail. And the first one swims for a while, gets tired, and just gives up, and he drowns. The second one doesn't give up. He keeps paddling, paddling, paddling. And after a while, the, the milk gets thick and turns into cream, and then it turns into cheese, and he is able to stand on it and hop out. And uh, that's that's the difference, right? Uh, I saw this. Somebody posted this. If you take depression and you rearrange the letters, you've got "I pressed on," and I, I like that. I thought that's 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 what we need to do. We need to arrange things so that we can say "I pressed on," right? That I wasn't overcome. So uh, the practicals this morning, and then we'll have scriptures to go through. Uh, From the Lord, it says, what, you know, the question, what to do, what do we do? Well, I'm just going to give you the practicals up front. I think identifying uh, our priorities, um, what are your priorities right now? What's important? And it's super important to stop and take the time to think about this. Uh, Decide and set our minds and our hearts. uh, Plan what you do and do what you plan. And especially let your light shine brightly and have fun. I mean, just have fun. I'm not sure we'll get to the fifth point, but in case I don't, you know, there's some hilarious videos. If you can, if you have access to YouTube, sometimes you just need to laugh, you know, but we need to have fun. Um, so what to do? Number one, uh, we need to identify our priorities. Therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. You know, He, he Jesus is speaking here, and he's talking to us about what we're chasing, what, what we're going after, which is what our priorities are, right? Uh, what are we thinking about? What are we worried about? What are we focusing our minds on? And God knows what we need, and God will provide what we need. We need to be focused on God and the things of God, the kingdom of God, and, and making that choice. And that's a, it's a very easy thing to say amen to and agree with and say, yeah, you're right. But it's another thing to really make sure that uh, we're clear and we're planning on that, that we've identified. And sometimes it helps even just to say it, to say it to somebody Say it to somebody in your family, okay. What's most important to me right now is, and you share what's most important to you. You say what, say it, say it out loud. Let your kids hear you say it. They will hold us accountable, right? When they hear us say, God is most important, or our spouse is most important, or, our family is most important, the church is most important. They will not they will hear it and then it will be confirmed as they see it, right? Um, identifying our priorities. There's a Chicken Soup for the Soul book a long time ago that I read where they asked people who were terminally ill, uh, what would you have done different? And nobody said I would have worked more. Nobody said I would have had a boat or I would have made more money or I would have spent more time at the office. Everybody said I would have spent more time with my family. I would have prioritized my relationships. I would have made sure that I took time to sit by a lake and pray, to laugh with my kids. Those are the things that everybody talked about. These were all people that knew their death was imminent. And I think, why not? You know, there was a group one time that was asked, Write down what you would do if you knew you had one month to live. So if we knew we had one month to live, what would we do? And Think about that. Why not? Why not do that? Especially considering we're probably all going to be locked up together for the next month. And we're going to be not doing a whole lot of other things for the next month. But making sure that we know what's really important. Uh, I've, I've done in leadership training classes where I've asked the, the the students to write down their obituary, write down or what you want said on your tombstone about you, and to make them think about what's the most important thing in life. And uh, I remember this story, uh, a gentleman, the guy who invented dynamite. And um, of course, dynamite was used for a lot of different purposes, mostly for war. and um, And he particularly was was devoted to nonviolence, didn't like violence, and somebody, uh, his his brother passed away, and somebody confused it, and he got up one morning, and his obituary was in the newspaper, and they said, you know, that this gentleman was famed for inventing dynamite, which led on to bombs, and, and all these other instruments of war, and he was so upset by that, He decided, I'm going to do something that else bigger so I can be known for that. And he saved up money and he raised money for uh, a prize for people devoted to peace. His name was Alfred Nobel and he started the Nobel Peace Prize. And now that's what he's known for. So what do you want to be known for? Um, What to do? You know, identifying our... Spiritual priorities are, you know, is it family, church, friends, neighbors, co-workers? At least we have it clear in our head and in our mind what we want to do. And then the next thing is to set our mind and heart. Uh, I think once we identify and we know for sure that, okay, I want to be close to God during this time. I'd like to grow during this time. I'd like to read a couple of good spiritual books or whatever I'm doing. You know, Psalm 119.30 says, I've chosen the way of faithfulness. I have set my heart on your laws. You know, being faithful is a choice. It's a decision. It doesn't happen naturally. It's not who we naturally are. We choose to be faithful. We choose to focus on God. We choose to not worry, to not stress. We choose to set our minds on God and to be faithful and walk the way of the faithful. And Proverbs 23, 19 says, listen, my son, and be wise and set your heart on the right path. You know, what is the path? How should I conduct myself this next month? And, you know, we're going to be challenged, even just being, uh, I was thinking about all of us in one room, you know, or in one house spending way more time than we're used to spending, <laughs> you know, what's my attitude going to be? Am I going to get frustrated? Am I going to get uptight? Am I going to get grouchy? Am I going to get irritable? You know, just setting my heart on the right path. And knowing that we need, you know, I mean, space, personal space becomes incredibly valuable. You know, having that time where we get away. And even, you know, whether whether it's negative that we get on each other's nerves or positive that we love being together so much that we get up in the morning and we don't have a quiet time because we're talking all morning and making sure. And these are things that I've had to make sure of. You know, because I love my family and we're having a great time together, but we're all we all have to guard each other's time with the Lord, right? Uh, Colossians three one, uh, having been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things of above, where Christ is, sealed at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things of above, not on earthly things. You know, again, it's 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 being intentional. It's it's being thoughtful. It's being purposeful. Okay, who do I want to be for the next month? I mean, that we're going to be together means we're going to have a big impact on each other. We can really have a great impact on one another. And how much more special is, is a phone call right now or a text from somebody? And we have times to do things like that that we normally don't have time. To be in touch, to, to send a note. To, I've had some great talks with relatives. I've had great talks with my son and, and just, just been able to be more in touch. It's a special time right now. Um, in Isaiah 12, 2, he says, Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself, is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. And those are beautiful words, but we have to decide to do that. We have to set ourselves that trust in God and make him our salvation. What is going on up here makes all the difference in the world of what happens around us, especially over the next month. I ran into this uh, little uh, quote that I thought was helpful. Watch your thoughts, for they become your words. Watch your words, for they become your actions. Watch your actions, for they become your habits. Watch your habits, for they become your character. Watch your character, for they become destiny. You know, that we are being watchful, that we're being mindful. And I think particularly right now as as we're spending a lot more time apart from each other um, and not being around our friends or, or spiritual partners in the gospel, um, it's a time of testing. Who you are when no one is watching is who you really are. I've heard that many times. I don't know who said it originally, but it's a, it's a very true statement. You know, character is who we are when we're all alone, right? Um, and right now it shows who we are. Are we a servant? Are we sacrificial? Are we loving? Are we giving? Are we devoted? Are we committed? It is. It it's really is a time of testing of uh, where we're, when we're on our own. How important is it to me that uh, I'm giving my contribution, that I'm tithing? And especially for a lot of us. That we're uh, we're not sure what's going to happen with our economic future, you know. You understand how much how important it is when Jesus pointed out that widow who was giving her her last mite, which she had to live on. I have a I have a little uh, copper coin here. It's actually a two thousand year old coin from Jerusalem, and it's it's a they were called widows mites. Um, it's a penny, and this was all she had to live on. And she put it in there. And so, you know, it can be, it, it's, it's a time of testing our faith, you know, and, and what do we believe? And and that's every, everybody's own decision. That's nobody can tell us what to sacrifice or give, but that's between us and God. But it is between us and God or our purity or our, our righteousness or what we're watching, what we're not watching. When we're alone, it's when we're tested. It's when Satan came after Jesus when he was alone in the desert, to come after him, right? Our purity, our righteousness, our holiness, our worldliness, our honesty, our openness. There's some of us uh, have dealt with addictions, and we usually go to AA meetings or NA meetings, and those aren't happening right now. So, are we getting help? And that's on us to to get the help that we need to make sure, if we're dealing with things like that, uh, to be encouraged and encouraged. One another, what we do by ourselves, it's it's who we really are, right? It reveals our real faith and our real convictions. Not what we say, but what we do. That demonstrates it, right? C.S. Lewis said integrity is doing the right thing even when no one is watching. Um Be alert and of sober mind, your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You know, and and we need to be in prayer for each other as well because uh, sometimes we don't know who's struggling with an addiction or depression or loneliness or anxiety or fear. Uh, the levels of anxiety, I'm sure, are off the chart right now for many, many, many people, and and that will manifest itself in different ways. So we need to be in prayer and just checking on each other. How you doing? How are you? Loving up on each other, encouraging each other. But all those one another scriptures, those those was forty nine one another scriptures, into practice now, and and be somebody that can really help others. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And you know, it's when we're alone that's 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 really when we see what's my conviction. You know, what do I believe? And, and and what's my religion? What's my faith? Not What does the church believe? What does the church teach? What does the church do? By myself, I am the church. <laughs> what is my belief? My conviction? What do I want to make sure happens in my life? The other what to do is plan what you do and do what you plan. I think sometimes, you know, Time management is a challenge. It's a challenge, even with the best of intentions. We can identify everything that's important and and have all these incredible ideas, but then we don't have time to do them. And we can think, "What in the world happened?" You know, we've already a lot of us have already been at this for a week. How's the quiet times going? <laughs> you know, how's the, some of the things we thought we would do? How's that going? For some of us, it's going great and awesome, and we're thriving. And some of us is like, Ugh, "It's kind of escaping me." Um, there's an old saying: "Those who aim at nothing." Are sure to hit it every time. Make sure we have in mind that those things identified. In Ecclesiastes three one says, "There's a time for everything, and a season for every activity under the heavens." What's this time for? What do we have extra time for right now? And what are we going to do with that? Right? What to do? Number three: plan what you do and do what you plan. Um, what's our thirty day plan? I mean, we—they're saying four to eight weeks. So it's, we have a whole new normal now. You we're creating it right now. You're deciding what your new normal is. You know, what What are we setting things on, right? Uh, spiritual plans. What are we setting in our quiet times? Are we reading some good books? I brought a whole stack of books. I, 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 I'm going to today update my uh, books to read on my own personal website, which is thewayofthepilgrim.com. Um, I have a playlist called Quiet Times on Spotify, and I just finished one in Spanish, and I'm working on another one, um, Family Fun. We've done a puzzle in my family. We are we playing Risk, and we were battling it out. It's down to me and my daughter. Uh, we've each got about half the world, and we're going to go after it tonight and see who wins. Uh, we discovered VeggieTales. Uh, we have not seen VeggieTales in years in my family. My kids are all in their 20s now, but we had a blast just watching VeggieTales. They're so fun on YouTube, and I'm sure there's other ways to get them. But uh, if you're little, if you have small children at home, and you didn't watch VeggieTales, you've got to watch VeggieTales. They're the best. Um, outreach to family, to friends, to coworkers, checking up on people, and and what a, well, just what a chance to to reach out and make a difference. And number four, let your let your light shine brightly. Um, you know, there's that there's that that classic old saying. Uh, the the word for uh, crisis or the word yeah the, the 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 Chinese symbol for crisis is actually two symbols danger and opportunity and I would say that we're very much in this there's a, there's a danger around us economically uh, there's uh, and physically with the, with our health and then there are opportunities around us to love to serve to give to be a light to shine for others jesus said you're the salt of the earth but if salt loses its saltiness how can it be made salty again it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot you know jesus said look you're the, salt of the earth, so don't lose your saltiness this is the value you bring this is what you bring to the table he says you are the light of the world a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither does, do people put a light, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, I have this lamp. Um, this lamp is a 2,000-year-old lamp from Jerusalem. 2,000 years old. A good friend of mine, uh, Foster Stanback, gave me this a while ago. And uh, it's one of my most precious items. 2,000-year-old lamp from Jerusalem. And, of course, you know, I try to take very good care of it. It's just a, it's very, oop, dropped it. Nah. That was a fake one. This is the real one. That would be crazy, right? Drop a 2,000-year-old lamp. Play around with a 2,000-year-old lamp. Um, You are the light of the world. And you are much more valuable than that lamp. And what you do right now is way more valuable. The love that you can give. The encouragement you can share. The hope that you can help others with. You can be a source of peace. A source of confidence if you walk with God and you fill your spirit up in our darkest hour can be our finest hour sharing it with the food bank. You know, we're starting a food bank for the region because there's going to be some of us that are hit very hard economically. Uh, We can be sharing our supplies, prayer partners, discipling times, just taking care of one another discipleship groups online uh, checking on the vulnerable. We have older members. We have members who are already dealing with health health issues. We have family members like this. There's just lots of ways that we can shine right now. That we can make a difference. And sometimes, as often as the case, when things are darkest, is when God shines brightly, and it's when God's people shine brightly. I will, I've been getting up, uh, uh, leaving the house. Uh, early in the mornings to come do these videos. And uh, there's something very unique and, and and special up in the sky. And it's, you've got Jupiter and Saturn and Venus and Mars all together in one spot. And it's creating a, a really unique opportunity to see a bunch of planets together. And I know, you know, there's star people or people who study stars are kind of going crazy about the the a sign of bad times and all that stuff. But I think it's just really cool looking at all those planets in one spot and they're uh, 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 crossing each other. But it's a bright, bright light at about five in the morning. It's beautiful. In our darkest nights is when the greatest victory happened. When the world went dark and Jesus died on the cross, he saved us. He paid the price And it was his conviction. He prayed for those who hurt him. He asked God to forgive them. He suffered for those who were ungrateful, for those even who were yelling at him, who were his enemies, and he shed his blood for them. It was the worst situation, but it was also the greatest victory for God and for Jesus. He shone brightly that night. And so now we, as we, after this, we'll take communion and we can pray, we can sing in our virtual groups or by ourselves. So I close reminding us, what can we do? Well, we need to identify clearly what are our priorities. We need to decide your mind and heart. We need to plan what you do and do what you plan. Let your light shine brightly and have fun. Have a great time. And, and I would ask you to please subscribe. There's a button on the website, on the, the, the net, subscribe. Go ahead and subscribe. That way we know that our people, that our family is watching. And also, uh, we're trying to make it easy. I know the contribution is a bit of a challenge. So we've set up a simple form, give to Metro.com. And if you're not giving, please do so on. I mean, if you're not giving online, normally you drop a check in. Uh, please go ahead and register and start doing it this way. Uh, we don't, we don't want to see the church get any more hurt than it needs to. And there will be some people that they simply were going to have to go out and buy food. And, and so we need to help them. And those of us that can do our part, we need to do our part. It's that much more important because there will be some who cannot, who just simply cannot. And I'm going to leave you with a message from our elder, Dr. Doug Weber. Uh, he's going to close us out with a few thoughts. I thought it's especially important and, and very special to be able to hear from our elder who is the, the, the biblical pastor of our church, the shepherd who takes care of our souls. So if we can listen to him now.
1: Good morning to all of you worshiping with us this morning in our fellowship, as well as around Los Angeles, the United States, and around the world. We're encouraged and grateful to have you with us. I want to thank Robert for all of his hard work to serve us and feed us spiritually during this challenging time of the coronavirus epidemic. As I talk with people at work, the hospital, as we hear so much that we're hearing on the television, many of us can't help but feel a sense of fear, uncertainty, and just being unsure of where we're heading. It is a time for us to explore how we can maintain a sense of community and look to God as we're being called to be socially distant. And here now in Los Angeles, this past week, to be safer at home. I do hear the concerns of many people, and I have my own personal concerns for my well being, my family's well being, the well being of so many of you in our fellowship, and those around me in my neighborhood. As we hear about the mounting epidemic around the world and its associated rising death toll in places like Italy, As we mourn for their loss, we can't help but be afraid for our own country, our own communities right here, and for the communities of our loved ones uh, around the United States, and and in addition, our own well-being, not only health-wise, but also financially. If we now find ourselves out of work or self-employed or own a small business, they will be severely affected by the Safer at Home guidance That we've received. It likely will become worse before it becomes better as we see the number of infections grow, and that this time of inconvenience and unpleasant isolation may end up being longer than we would care for it to be. However, it is important to understand that this time is temporary and it will pass. It also can serve, though, as an opportunity. It can serve as an opportunity for us to become different people. It can serve as an opportunity for us to spend great quality time with our families and to have deeper and more spiritually based talks with one another, to re-examine our values and our spiritual walk and to take the extra time that we now have to read spiritual books and scripture. It can become an opportunity through live stream and Facebook and other forms of social media to connect with one another and see this as an opportunity to advance the gospel. It can be an opportunity to meet one another's needs. I'm excited about the food bank we're starting here in the church to make sure that, that everyone will have something to eat. It will serve as an excellent opportunity for those of us who can help to serve. This time can be a great opportunity to reach out and connect with our neighbors and those around us, to stop and consider others' needs like perhaps we haven't before, particularly the elderly. One of my neighbors, following his wife's suggestion, found some N95 masks in the back of his garage that he thought might be helpful to me as I care for those coming to my office to be evaluated uh, for possible coronavirus infection. He considered my welfare, the welfare of my office staff, and decided to help me out. That really meant so much to me personally, and it touched me. And I've gotten so many thanks this week as well for the work that we're doing medically to help the community. It will take us all being intentional in our thoughtfulness as we strive to put into practice one of the great commandments of Jesus to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. I believe that is what obeying the guidance from our local health officials and governor ultimately is all about. It's it's about being intentional in sacrificing some of my freedoms now for this time with an eye toward the vulnerability of the elderly and those with chronic conditions in our communities, whose needs would likely overwhelm the capacity of our health care system if we don't flatten the curve, so to speak, and blunt the surge of infections. In Psalm 30, verse 5, David says, but his favor lasts a lifetime in speaking of God. Weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. We are... Going through a time of the night at the moment, the night with its with its fear and its uncertainty. But, you know, God did create the night and the day and the day always follows the night. Let the nighttime that we're going through now be also a time of opportunity, an opportunity for us to come out better than before, to change and become different people, to be better, stronger, more spiritual, spiritually guided to be less self-consumed, to be more thoughtful of those around us, not just now, but for the rest of our lives. Please pray with me this morning as we continue in our worship. God, please be with us as your people to protect us through this coronavirus epidemic, protect our health, protect our well-being in every way. Help us to not have any needy amongst us. And help open our eyes, God, to the needs around us, not only material, but emotional and spiritual. And help us to be the better for it. Please use this as an opportunity for us to change and become greater and better and stronger people, God. We love you. We thank you. Please be with us. It's in Christ's name we pray all these things. Amen.
0: Amen, everybody. Thank you so much for... uh this time together for tuning in please remember to hit the subscribe button uh love you guys stay safe stay spiritual and uh, we'll see you monday morning love you Bye bye